day 143. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm John. And I'm Keith. And remember, this is a podcast about the Bible. We want you yeah. to see that the Bible is more like a window than a mirror. We come to it to look through it and see the beauty of God. We don't come to it primarily to look at it and see (laughs) us. Trying to change it up a bit. I felt a little rote. Uh, Psalm 78, man, a long one, Mm. but a beautiful psalm. Yeah, just, Mm. yeah. Uh, uh, This is one of my favorite psalms, bro. Just to read, to sit back and to reflect on. And it is just this, you know, recounting of Israel's history mm-hmm. or not just their history but god's role in their history yeah. right so man one of the things that stuck out to to me i think there's three big points about this one but one of the ones that really stuck out to me was um psalm 78 verse 5 through 7 he says this god he established a testimony in jacob and he set up a law in israel which he commanded our fathers right here to teach their children, right? Mm. Teach your kids so that a future generation, children yet to be born, mm-hmm. might know. They would arise and tell their children. So, all right, you got to tell your kids. Your kids that hadn't seen it, they got to get up and tell their kids. Got to make sure the kids' kids straight. <laughs> right. Yeah, facts. But verse 7, I love this right here. So that they might, hear mm. this, put their confidence in God and not forget God's works, but keep his command so right there you see the confidence in god and then he contrasts yeah uh forgetting god's works with keeping god's commands and Mm -hmm. i think man so much of obedience to god has to do with confidence in god we think that obedience to the things that god calls us to do has to do with our resolve or will like nah i've I've just really got to be convinced and i've got to work hard and i've got to try hard mm. when really at the end of the day it's a confidence uh, thing yeah that a lack of obedience mm. shows that uh your confidence in god has been drained right mm. confidence in god's ability to do the impossible is really the thing that's the fuel for obedience yeah, yeah. absolutely bro and it's so good because you know, this is a warning, right? right? These are warnings and the the impetus for warnings in scripture is to let God's people know that we can't let history repeat itself. Right. Right. So he's going all through this. He's like, you don't want to make the same mistakes they made. <laughs> right. 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 And we see here, I love what you said. Yeah. Confidence in God. But we see here that God, you know, one, like he judged his people, man. Right. Like he was, he like he when he was fed up, he was, he judged them. And at the same time, he preserved them. Yeah. Right? And it's like one of the ways God preserves the church Uh is by cleansing her. Mm. Right? Like he cleanses the church, meaning there are those that fall away and turn to idols and walk away from God. And he gives them what they want. He lets them go. Right? And that is actually a form of judgment. Right. But in a sense... Removing the cancer from the locker room is helping the team get to their destination, <laughs> right. right? Like, that is helpful. That's how God is preserving us. And, man, like, we have to remember that that's going to happen. Right. right? People are going to walk away who may be false teachers within mm. the church. Paul, in every letter he writes, he talks about false teaching in the church. <laughs> right. Not outside. Yeah. In here. Right. So God lets, yo, he judges those people, lets them go away. And But the thing is, 
that's his job, right? Right, that's, right, right. That oh, we, that's good. We be trying to. <laughs> that's good. You not. <laughs> you not that's, part of the church, brother. Like that's, that's God's good. job. One. That's good. But two, man. Um, you know, it it builds up, man. Like we they recount the history, but it builds up to David, bro. Yeah. And and David is the in a, a climax before the climax, if I if you will, where he's the king on the throne that God chose. And yeah, man, we have to remember our history, but remember the goal and climax of history. Mm, all right, the, the Son of God, Jesus coming yeah. uh, to make all things right, and He uh, will, yeah, do it again when He comes. Yeah, again, man. I know we got three other Psalms, but Psalm seventy-eight was so fire. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna st- stay here for a bit. Yeah. So I think, man, I, I think to your point about history what i love about this psalm and what i love about the fact that it's so long and it's recounting the history of what god has done because at the end of the day like we we tend to think we're products of our history Mm -hmm. i think we're products of our memories Mm -hmm. right that's good that our memories shape us more so than our histories right that this psalm is god saying no look You've got a history of me coming through whenever you need me, right? But you've forgotten, so I want you to remember, and I want you to labor to remember. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what we do here, right? That that's what a discipline of Bible reading does for us. Uh, it puts us in a spot where we like discipline ourselves to remember the good things that God has done, right? Yeah. That's the importance, like. That's why we spend time and want to read each day and reflect each day because there's so much that goes on in our world that's going to mm-hmm. tempt us to forget. And here's one of the most important things that we have to remember about human history <laughs> is this everybody's incredibly consistent in mm. in, in this story, right? Yeah, yeah. Mankind is consistently um, <laughs> mankind is consistently inconsistent. Mm. So this whole psalm is God saying, yo, I did this and y'all rebelled and you turned against me and you did all of this stuff. But then it's against the predictable inconsistencies of men that we get to see God's gracious consistency shine all the more. That God recounts a history of them failing and him saving and the same God that's done that back then is the God that continues to do that same thing today. Yep, absolutely. 79 comes and basically it's very similar to 74, but he talks about, you know, how um, the meeting place, right? The temple is destroyed. And here he presents a slightly different angle, right? He he tends to say like, yo, man, we was unfaithful. Like to keep it a buck, like (laughs) (laughs) we went just spotless and all this. We messed up. Yeah, we messed up. And, you know, he acknowledges that. And he acknowledges that, yeah, God is going to use these people to judge them. And that is part of God's sovereignty. Right. But he's like, man, have compassion on us, God. Why? Because like, we can't fulfill the mission you've called us to if you just destroy us and wipe us out. Right? right. We can't be a light to the nations. There's no way the whole world will come to sing your praises if you don't continue to work through us and save us. Right. And so he asks for God's compassion, man. And he's like, yo... Help us for the glory of your name, right? Mm. Rescue us and atone for our sins for your namesake. And so, mm. um, yeah, like we're saved, not we're saved for the good of the world, right. but also just, yeah, for God's glory, man, and yeah. for his praise, bro. And so, yeah, like 
79 was dope to me. Um, and then 80. Yeah. 80 was super dope. Mm-hmm. And just like little nerd thing, like 80, I think we said a few days ago that we got to the center of the songs. <laughs> that was a lie. <laughs> chapter <laughs> that 80. That was a lie. Yeah. So the verses and the chapters were added centuries later, right? Yeah. It wasn't part of the original manuscripts. But 80 literally in terms of characters and letters yeah. is the very center. 80 verse 13, verse 13 yeah. is the midpoint of the entire book of Psalms. Yeah. And they were so scrupulous about this because they needed to copy the text. Right. So they needed to know what the midpoint was. Yeah. So basically it's this psalm just praying for restoration. And this shepherd theme has been running throughout these few psalms, bro, in the middle of the book. And uh, he calls Joseph. So at the beginning, he's like, listen, shepherd of Israel, who who leads Joseph like a flock, Mm. who who, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine. When Eph- if Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh, and uh, basically he's he's calling out Joseph, which is a term that they would use for the northern tribes. Mm-hmm. So we know that Judah, right, got to come back from Babylon, and the Savior would come from Judah. David came from Judah, right? But what about the northern tribes? How would they be redeemed? Who's right. going to redeem them? Right, right. And uh, at the end of eighty, you know, he comes and says, "Let your hand be with the man at your right hand." With the son of man, you have made strong for yourself. And so this mention of Benjamin at the beginning and then this son at the right hand. Right. At, Benjamin literally means son of the right hand. Right. And then this son at the right hand at the end points to Jesus, that Jesus mm. is going to be the one who redeems Benjamin and all the other tribes. Right. Now, the crazy thing is, bro, people would take this, rabbinic interpreters would take this psalm in history and they literally thought it would be two messiahs. Ah. They literally thought it was going to be one all right, because Joseph had this special blessing, right? Right. He had Ephraim and Manasseh. Like he had two a double. He was he was the man back in Genesis. <laughs> right, right. He had this double blessing, so they thought it was gonna be two messiahs. But right. what we see is that no, we it's only one, and no one person in the Old Testament can fully point to who Jesus is. Right. That's why right. he's the greater Moses, the greater David, the greater Joseph. Right. Right. Because they all point to who he is and give us a different tent on oh, God's so. shepherd. Yeah, and God's messiah sorry to know that guys that no, joint, no, amazing yeah i yeah. love it yo. that joint got me hyped yeah 81 last one call to obedience right and he's basically saying yo listen right listen to me he says listen my people and i will admonish you israel if you would only listen to me there must not be a strange god among you you must not bow down to a foreign god i'm the lord your god who brought you out of the land of egypt open your mouth wide and i We'll feel it. So the main theme here, bro, yeah. is the Shema, right? right? Hear, obey, listening, all uh, that kind of semantic range all have a similar meaning for the word Shema. And our main spiritual problem is a yeah. hearing problem, right? Right. We don't listen to and heed the voice of God. And right. that was God's people's problems. And it's still our problems now yeah. as Christians. And he's just like, yeah, hear my voice, right? Yeah. And, you know, we see that a hearing problem is because of a heart problem. Right. 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 And the only way, yeah, for us um, to obey God, man, is to clean out our ears right, oh, and submit good. our hearts. So oh, that's good. Yeah. Man, let's pray. Yeah. Father, we pray that you would help us to hear, obey, and listen. Would you remind us of your faithfulness in the past? And would we take that as the best uh, down payment of the best promise that you'll continue to be faithful in the future. Help us to hear you well, Father, and bye. Uh, And as we hear, I pray that we would trust in you more deeply. And as we trust in you, Father, I pray that that trust would work itself out through our hands and our feet in the way that we uh, walk closely with you, do good in the world, and obey you. Uh, Give us grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.